When we originally conceived of this service, we really thought it was going to have a different feel today. Kickoff Sunday, we thought in a sense we were going to be back kind of in the old way and potluck and all of that stuff, and that's not happening. But as we begin again today, we start in the right place, seeking a blessing, seeking to go from this place, able to offer blessings as we go anew in this school year. And so we turn to the book of Genesis, and we read one of the old, um, one of the oldest stories of blessing in our Scripture, the story of Jacob from Genesis 35. God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padam Aram, and God blessed him. God said to Jacob, your name is Jacob, but no longer shall you be called Jacob. You know, Jacob had wrestled that night before all night long. Do you remember the story? Wrestled with that man on the bank of the river, and they were locked hand in hand. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you give me a blessing. And this is the blessing. No longer shall you be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he was called Israel, which means one who wrestles with God, one who contends with God and prevails. It's the meaning of faith to contend with God. And God said to Jacob, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall spring from you. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from Jacob at that place where he had spoken to him, and Jacob set up a pillar in that place where, he had, where God had spoken to him, a pillar of stone. And Jacob poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the place where God had blessed him Bethel, the house of God, Bethel. This is one of the oldest stories of blessing we have. Jacob marks the place of blessing by those stones that were stacked there. So we ask you today, how do you mark the moments of blessing? This service is one of those times we are trying to call out and to name and mark the blessing that we know and that we feel from one another and from God. So may God be with us as we seek to mark our own blessings this day. You have heard the ancient story. Many years ago, I was in St. Vincent's Hospital in Birmingham making a visit, and I ran into a young woman in the hallway. We didn't know each other, but somehow we struck up a conversation. When she learned that I was a minister, it was like she had been needing to tell someone, and the pain of her story just spilled out. She and her husband, she said, had been active in a large Birmingham church some years earlier. It was that season for young couples when they're getting pregnant and starting families. And this young woman said to me, it seemed like every Sunday during the prayer time that began their Sunday school class, someone knew was pregnant and the language she heard was consistent. God has blessed us with a child. God has blessed me. She and her husband had been trying but had not been able to get pregnant. And the more she heard, God has blessed 
me, the more she heard, and God has not blessed me. And it didn't take long then before that language even turned and began to convey the converse as someone would say, God has blessed me, she heard, and God has cursed me. And who needs that kind of God and that kind of community of faith? And so she and her husband walked away, and they never had been back to church. Maybe it is that experience as much as any that has made me a little leery of the word that I hear so frequently. I wrote about this in this, in this last newsletter article that I wrote. The cashier at the grocery store or the guy on the street, I say, how are you? And they say, I'm blessed. You've heard it. I'm blessed. And I wonder what all is conveyed in those words, whether intended or unintended. What is conveyed about God and about faith, about who deserves and who doesn't deserve to be blessed? I'm blessed. I am blessed. Oh, it makes me wonder. But of course, I am. And you are, we are surely blessed. Just look at this world. Of all people, we are among the most fortunate who have ever lived. Let that sink in just a moment. We are among the most fortunate people who have ever lived. Surely we are blessed. It's a good word one that we ought to be able to say. It's frequently used in the Bible. The Old Testament uses the word Baruch more than 50 times. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We said it this morning in our litany. Every Jewish prayer begins with those words, Baruch atah Adonai. Blessed are you, our Lord. The root of that word means to kneel. So inherent to blessing, to recognizing our blessedness, is humility. It's not always what I hear when someone says, I'm blessed. It doesn't sound so much like humility as exaltation. But inherent to blessing is recognizing, bowing, kneeling, acknowledging a fundamental otherness of God and of one another. Blessing God and blessing one another begins in respecting the otherness and letting the otherness stand as a priority before our own welfare. In the New Testament, there are two words of blessing that we ought to know. The first is the more common. The Apostle Paul encouraged members of that new church in Rome, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. And in 1 Peter we read, do not repay evil with evil, repay evil with a blessing. The Greek word used frequently in the New Testament is a variation of the word eulogy. Eulogite, those who persecute you. Do you hear it? Eulogy. Eulogize those who persecute you. Repay evil with eulaguntes, with eulogies. A good word. Eulogy means good word. Repay evil with a good word, with a blessing. 
And Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount that the fruit of righteousness is blessedness. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the pure in heart. Blessed, makarios is the Greek word, which conveys a deep sense of happiness. Happy are those. And the root of that word, makarios, means to become large, to enlarge, to elongate, to enlarge the happiness that comes from God. So inherit to blessing, to receiving a blessing, is the calling to extend that blessing. To be blessed is to bless. The affirmation of faith is that all goodness, all blessing is of God. But as we were reminded all summer long by the cynical wisdom of Ecclesiastes, time and chance happen to everyone. And Jesus said the same thing when he reminded us that God makes the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. So let us be careful how we convey blessing, how we use that word blessing, lest we make it sound like God picks and chooses whom to bless and how. But let us, who are surely among the most blessed people who have ever lived, acknowledge our fortune humbly and then commit to speaking a good word and to living lives that will enlarge our own blessing to those around us. I am blessed. Yes, let me be a blessing. May it be so. Thank you to all of you out there. I see you commenting, standing virtually, raising hands at the beach and in the mountains. We're jealous, but we're glad you're with us. Ascending forth a charge. I've preached about 10 summer youth camps over the years. A week of preaching to about 400 teenagers is a daunting task holding their attention, preparing a message that might make a difference while trying to be more cool and hip than I really am, which usually makes you look less cool and hip than you really are, by the way. Trying to be relatable while trying to present the way of Jesus in a manner that would allow them to say yes to following Jesus themselves, well, it's just not an easy thing to do. And truth be told, I don't really remember many of the themes that I've preached on or the specific messages that I've preached over the years. I can remember moments of thinking, oh, that went well, that really worked. I feel like I really had them in the palm of my hand. I can remember other times thinking, well, that kind of bombed, didn't it? But I do remember one evening of worship that really worked. It was about eight years ago in an auditorium at Mars Hill College. It was one of those nights when somehow, by the grace of God, I connected, and you could have heard a pin drop in the room. The little gimmick that I used that night was, when you're broken, you need a blessing. And I proceeded down the list of broken places of teenagers. Some of you have a terrible relationship with your parents, and the last words you spoke to them before you got on the church bus were mean and ugly words, and some of the parents returned the favor with meanness and ugliness back to you. 
when all you want is for your parents to understand you, and they just don't. When you're broken, you need a blessing. Some of you, I said, are experiencing with substances to ease your pain and calm your nerves. When you're broken, you need a blessing. Some of you are participating in self-harm by cutting or using food as a way to manage your anxiety. When you're broken, you need a blessing. Some of your parents are getting a divorce. Some of your parents should get a divorce but aren't. When you're broken, you need a blessing. Some of your best friends are talking about you behind your back and trying to create drama. When you're broken, you need a blessing. Some of you want to be in the in crowd because who doesn't really want to be in the in crowd? But the truth is you really don't think the in crowd is the best crowd. It's just that it's so complicated trying to figure out how to be you. When you are broken, you need a blessing. Some of you are questioning everything from your own sexuality to even wondering if all this God talk is even true. Is God even real? And questioning can be a scary thing. And when you're broken, you need a blessing. I went on and on because there's more. But I'm very aware as I'm sitting here looking into your eyes, mostly not teenaged eyes, I don't think the issues change very much. At the end, instead of any kind of traditional altar call to come forward and make a profession of faith, I ask all the youth ministers to come forward and be available to offer blessing. And then I told the young people, if you are broken and you need a blessing, simply come forward. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to tell your story. You don't have to uh, bleed your pain all over the altar here. Just come forward if you are broken and in need of a blessing. And I stepped aside. And they poured down the aisles. It wasn't one of those huge cry fests that can sometimes come with a youth camp experience that everybody's crying and then they don't really know why they're crying. There were a few tears, but they just quietly walked forward to receive a blessing because they needed it and didn't even know it. I saw anew that night that being a teenager is hard. And so is being a child. And so is being an adult. Being human is just a difficult job. And if we're honest, what we all need is a blessing. And sometimes we don't even know it until we receive it. And it's like a balm for our weary souls. So Russ and I have given voice to some blessings today, and I want to empower you to give voice to blessings. It's our job, yes, to try and confer God's blessing and offer our own blessing upon the, among, upon the people of this community of faith and beyond. I just want you to understand that as a beloved child of God, it's your job too. 
So we're sending you forth this day into a world that is in desperate need of blessing. COVID-19, Afghanistan, and hurricanes. That's just the top three categories for today of folks in need of a blessing. You know who needs God's blessing, your blessing today. Yes, a word spoken is not nearly enough, but it's a start. And some of us aren't very great at getting started with making a difference in the world. So go forth from this day having received so much blessing yourselves that you are inspired, convicted, and empowered to bestow blessing upon all that cross your path. From the moment you leave this room until we gather again, God's blessing on all of you. God's blessing on all of you. May it be so. Amen.